Hello and welcome to the Novice No Longer podcast, episode 30. Today we've got Jeremy Olson of Tappity. Welcome to the Novice No Longer podcast, where top app developers help you build and market your apps. I'm Dan Berg, former tech journalist turned entrepreneur and app developer. Each week, I talk to the creators of some of the top apps in the App Store to unlock the secrets of app success. Thanks for listening and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Novice No Longer podcast. You've got Dan here, and I am super, super, super excited for this episode. I'm, I'm like really excited. And the reason being is because this is the first episode on the new format and back to my original vision for the podcast, which is all about apps. And today we have the perfect guest to just kick off the the brand new rebranding app stuff. I've got Jeremy Olson here. He is the founder of Tappity. Uh, he, he's just amazing. He has a lot of really good insights. Now, his very first app, Grades, won an Apple Design Award. And then he was able to build his business around that. And uh, he just actually recently launched a really fantastic app called Hours that just immediately shot to the very top of the app stores. So I talked to him a lot about his process kind of building his first apps and falling into it. And it's really inspiring because he was into design. He he did a little bit of development and he went through and during the entire process where he was experimenting and trying to build this app, he was blogging about the entire experience. And doing that allowed him to learn so much, interact with the community, and it really helped his success. So he shares kind of what he did in order to make those connections and get that blog. And then he shares his launch strategy, which this is extremely valuable for anybody here. You can't just create an app anymore and just submit it into the app store and it it won't get seen. Nobody will know it's there. There's over a million apps in the app store. So you have to do some sort of launch in order to make your release kind of an event. And he shares exactly what he does and how he did it. So I'm super excited for this episode and for this podcast. I'm going to be kicking off a brand new segment soon, but it's not quite ready yet. And I need your help. The segment is going to be called, or the segment is called, Ask a Developer. And I need your help because I need questions to ask these developers. If you go to novicenolonger.com slash ask, you'll be able to submit a question. You record it in your voice. You say who you are and you ask a question. And then I'm going to select those and play them on the show. And then my guest and myself will try our best to answer your questions live on the air. So go to novicenolonger.com slash ask. Ask and submit a question. Then as soon as I have a few of those, I'm going to start incorporating them into the show. I'm super excited about that because this show really is all about you, the listener, and giving you the best experience that you can and getting all your questions answered. And because this is all about you, I also want to start reading some reviews that you guys leave on iTunes because they just, they make my day. Like I sit here, I have these conversations, I produce the podcast and I love it, but my favorite part is just hearing back from you guys and hearing that you're enjoying it or you're finding it useful, and that really makes my day. So the the review we got for today, it says, I met Dan via the NYC tech scene, and he's always been so good at explaining things in a way that makes you understand without making you feel silly for asking. So glad there's a podcast. And that is from a pink puma chick. Um, so thank you, first of all. 
That's absolutely amazing. I mean, the goal of this podcast, as I've said, is to really help everybody, especially novices, thus the name novice no longer. And uh, when I define a novice, it's somebody that, is, that doesn't even know enough about a topic to ask questions. And we've all been in that stage where they always tell you to just ask questions when you're learning something new, but sometimes you don't even know what to ask or what to Google. And I, I really, I make it my goal to kind of be accessible to everyone without kind of talking down or being dumb. So reading this uh, Pink Puma Chick, you just absolutely made my day. And if anybody listening here, you guys want to leave a review too, just go into iTunes, search for Novice No Longer, or go to my website and there's a link to iTunes there and leave it and there's a chance that I'll read it on the show. All right. So I think that about kicks everything off, covers everything. I'm going to jump into this review or this review. I'm going to jump into this interview with Jeremy because like I said, such good information and uh, I know you guys are just absolutely going to enjoy it. Here you go. Hey everyone, this is Dan with Novice No Longer, and I am here with Jeremy Olson. He is the founder of Tappity, and they have three fantastic apps. They got grades, languages, hours. There's also an awesome blog on the website, and he's also the co-author of the second edition of the App Design Handbook. So, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan, for having me on. Really excited to get started. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I have so many questions for you. I'm excited about this, but I always like to kick off the show by kind of asking people how you got to where you are today. Like what, what was the path that you took to be where you are today? Yes. All right. So, um, I, 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 would, I, I usually go back to when I was like, uh, nine or 10, which and that's kind of really where this path started. I started getting interested in software and, and technology and, and also design. And I, I definitely attribute that a lot to my parents. Um, and I was, I was homeschooled as a kid. And so, um, and they always they always encouraged me to kind of pursue my interests. And I was a very creative person. And I found um, um, software as kind of an outlet for my creativity. Uh, and so I started doing uh, just games and things like that, just making software and, and, and then got into websites uh, and then web design, just started reading books and then web application development so just over the years in junior high and high school, I was doing that kind of thing. That's kind of how I got started. Um, and, and, you know, that whole period of time, which is about 10 years, you know, I, I did um, some consulting work. I did some uh, kind of family, family business projects related to education, um, none of which got off the ground. So I had a lot of experience with failure. Most of the people know about my experiences of success, but there was 10 years where basically nothing I did, you know, got off the ground. <laughs> So, um, even though I was quite young and, um, so, so that was kind of, I really, I feel like that, that, that was a base for, 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 um, for getting into apps. And then in, uh, I guess five years ago or so, I, uh, I, you know, the, the iPhone came out and, uh, that was, that was, that was even earlier, but, um, I, I when the iPhone came out, I, I realized that this was going to change the world. And, and so I wanted to be part of that. And so I tried, I tried building apps, um, when, when they opened up the iPhone SDK and, um, I failed a, a number of times. So my pattern of, fa- of failure continued. Um, it just was really hard to learn. Um, and, uh, and just, just, just the, just learning objective C and memory management and all these kinds of things. It's actually a lot easier now than it was back then. But have you played around with Swift at all? I have. Yes. What do you think? It's, what do you think? 
it's quite nice. Um, there's definitely aspects that are harder than Objective C because it's 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 more of an advanced language than Objective C is. Mm-hmm. It's more modern and advanced. Um, but then there's aspects that are easier. Uh, uh, there's the uh, the 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 just certain things like you don't have to worry about semicolons and just just a lot of the baggage around the code is gone, and so that just makes it a lot simpler, which makes it easier to learn. I feel like. Um, but and and then also I feel what, what uh, the the playgrounds also make it really easier both in um, just playing around with the code um, and and seeing and and seeing what you're what you're coding on the other side of the screen like what it's actually doing that's that's a game changer that's mm-hmm. that makes it so much funner to learn and so much easier to learn especially so for I think games awesome. and things yeah oh yeah oh so yeah so I have a question you've played around with Swift a little bit I haven't asked anybody this yet if somebody doesn't know how to code yet for the iPhone, they don't know Objective-C, and they're like, I want to start. Would you say start with Swift and just pick that up and plow forward, or would you kind of give, would you recommend them having a background in Objective-C? Yeah, I think, I think that question is very debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think either can work. Um, I've read an article, I read an article, I forgot, I forgot the name of the author, um, but he was talking about how even... New developers should start with Objective C because you know everything's kind of you know the whole uh, basically you'll, you'll, you'll um, I forgot all the reasons he gave but uh, it's kind of the foundation of everything and like you know it's the history and like anyway like you need to learn that um, and then go to Swift but I, I think you can really go either way um, uh, like I said Swift can be. A easier learning curve. Um, so, um, if you're a new programmer, especially if you're a brand new programmer, the playgrounds and things like that just make it easier to learn. On the other hand, um, there's not as much documentation. You know, you ask a question, or like you you search for a question, or you're, you you search for something on Google related to it, and there's a lot less likely to get an answer. Um, so, there's things like that that make it harder. Because it's a new language, and also the language is changing, which also makes it hard. It's unstable, or like there's parts of it that are unstable. We ran into that a little bit, um, and so things like that. It's just that doesn't help when you're a new programmer. Yeah, when that language itself is is not completely stable. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, like when you're first learning how to program, that you you I at least I when I was kind of delving into it, I thought that being a programmer meant knowing all this stuff and just being able to write it, but like searching and going through documentation and like asking questions and finding the answers online is such a huge part of programming that that having objective C being as documented as it is makes it in some aspects, definitely a lot easier than this new language, even though it is more modern. Yeah. So, so I guess, I guess I, I think that's a great point. And so, so I think, um, what I would say to someone right now it, like this point in time is is probably still learn Objective C first, but probably between now and a year from now, there's going to be a point where I'm going to start recommending using Swift instead. That's as, soon. as your awesome. first language. I like that. Um, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I think there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of people that pick up on it. There's going to be a lot of you know people talking about it. So a lot of those answers will go online. And what what I <clears throat> what I hope. Is sorry, I've got a little bit of a cold, but what I hope is that um, that 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 there will be more documentation, like Apple's documentation or like Apple's kind of Swift book, um, that that's actually usable in a playground. 
or like the, the, you can actually, I'm not sure if many people know this, but you can, you can actually change the code. You can open up the Swift book, the Apple Swift book in Xcode and mess around with the code as you're reading through it and see the, how it changes the code and see how it changes the output. Um, and, and so that, I think that's, that's huge. So if there's, if more, more people write books like that, I'm not sure if Apple's opened this up, but I'm, it seems like it would be logical for them yeah. to open this up. Uh, you know, once document, once books are written like that, programming books are written like that, I think it's going to be so much funner and so much easier to learn how to code. Um, because you're, you, you're reading the book and there's a code sample and then you can mess around with it and see it. And it's just like, you know, it's great. So, so, um, over time, I think it will definitely be the, the go-to language. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Okay, so we kind of got distracted here. Getting back, the, the first app that you got or that you made was Grades, and that's when Tappity kind of came into being. How, how did that app come into being? Well, I was uh, a student at UNC Charlotte um, here in North Carolina, and I, I was a freshman, I believe. And I, it, was, it was my... Uh, first bad grade. I, I got a, I got a D on one of my statistics tests and, um, it was, it was a very fateful, fateful grade because it's, um, I started thinking about it. How can I get back to an A? And that's how I came up with the idea for grades. Um, it's like, what if there's an app where I could just, you know, put in the grades that I've gotten so far, um, based and based on my, and the weights of my, my various grades, I can see what I need to be aiming for. And I can know what I need to make on my next test and my next quiz and all that kind of stuff to get my, the final grade that I want. And uh, so once I had that idea, that really drove me to get through all those barriers and actually learn Xcode and learn Objective-C and you know, all those hard programming things. Before, when I was just kind of thinking about Objective-C and I want to build apps in the abstract, um, and I, I tried learning Objective-C a few times, it just it just didn't click. But once I had the idea, and I and there's other people I was showing the idea to. I showed some designs to, and they they were getting excited about the idea. That drove me to just buckle down and learn it. And and I also had a project to where the tutorials weren't just tutorials, you know, that that I did. That I, I'd actually apply those tutorials and put them into my project. And actually, the first version of Grades was basically like probably six or seven tutorials just hacked together into one app um, and just twisted to do my will. And, of course, I rewrote the whole thing once I kind of learned um, more the, the basics of Objective-C. But that's how I started was basically tutorials that just put them together and, like, twist them and <laughs> change them. And I think that's a great way to learn. Yeah, that definitely is a really good way to learn. Now, when did design come into play when you were making grades? Yeah, I think that's super important. You know, when I, when I started out building grades. Um, initially I just wanted to build an app. Then I realized I don't really just want to build an app. Um, I want to see like, could I, could I actually build a successful app? Like, cause I know a lot of people at the time, they just had an attitude of, well, let me just throw an app on the app store. Just, just, just to, kind of for kicks. But I, I just wanted to see, could I, could I not only make an app, but make it successful? And what I realized is that design was a huge part of that. You look at you know Apple's ecosystem. The best apps, the most popular apps, are generally really well designed, and, and they're the ones that Apple promotes. They're the ones the community really promotes. 
Um, and so I realized like, this is huge. And so I've got to, I've got to nail the design and design was something that I had, you know, worked on in the web world. That was kind of my thing. I really enjoyed doing design. Uh, for me, coding was kind of a secondary thing. Uh, just, I learned to be able to implement my designs. Um, but, but, uh, so, so anyway, so I, you know, I really worked hard on the design. I actually started posting, posting iterations of my designs, um, to the blog and uh, to, to my tappity.com blog and started getting feedback. So feedback was another big thing for me. Um, and then eventually I started getting feedback from some like top app makers in the industry um, because I've been posting them publicly on my blog. And then that was really helpful. No. Um, but sorry, 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 one other thing no, about ahead. feedback is, is, is I also, um, as I also uh, showed the designs often to my classmates, you know, the target users. And, um, so basically through every stage, you know, but, uh, my first mock-up in Photoshop to up to, you know, when, I, when the app was actually coded, you know, and, and, and in, in, on the phone, I was always showing it to people, not only seeing what they think, but letting them use it and like tell, have them describe it to me and what it does and, and have them try to do something on it. And I just got invaluable feedback from that. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. But I think one of the things that holds people back from really getting the feedback that they so desperately need is the fear of somebody stealing your idea. How, especially when you got started getting the attention of like top app developers, uh, how how did you reassure yourself, or how did you know that nobody was actually going to take this idea from you? Well, I guess I, you know, to me that's never been an issue. I've I've, I've actually, I think I have had people copy some of my ideas, um, but generally when you're, you're someone who does copy ideas, you're not someone who is innovative. And so I'm not true. worried about you. So true. So like, you know, someone can copy an aspect of my idea, but generally they don't know why I did it that way. And so they won't really do it right. And they won't get the other parts around it right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone can copy my idea. I don't really care. I'm still going to have the best app because I'm going to be continually innovating. And I, I understand the reasons why I did the way, did it the way I, I did it. I love that answer. All right. So I'm trying to picture your process. So you have this idea for grades. And the first thing you do is these Objective-C tutorials. You're kind of reading them and then kind of applying them to like a skeleton version of your app. Uh, at the same time, you're also kind of drawing up the mock-ups of these apps, and, and is that like digital form? Are you printing them out? Like you're getting feedback from people, mm-hmm. um, and then slowly and surely these two kind of paths merge together into the final app. Is that kind of how it was? Yeah, for grades, for grades, it was it was pretty much like that. I I, I did spend quite a bit of time up front on design, just so I, especially on one screen, I could you know uh, you could see, look at the iterations I did on on basically the main screen. Uh, and, and for most of our apps, we have one screen that's really the core screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just iterated again and again and again on that main screen. And um, before I was done iterating on that screen, I did start on development. But I did kind of get the basic idea of it before I, I uh, started programming, um, just kind of to save time. You want to at least nail the core of your app mm-hmm. you know, in the design phase before you jump straight into the programming. Um, but as you program the app, what I found is that there are – it's in the programming where you find so many little details of design that need to be changed and adjusted. Um, and so actually I, I do, you know, I'm a designer and I, but I do encourage, 
encourage designers to learn how to code too, because you just find all the little things, whether it's just a pixel that needs to be nudged two pixels to the left or, or like, you know, an image that needs to be nudged to the left, or it, it's, it's a, you know, something that you imagined the way it would work, you know, it's just not, not the same in the real world. And um, you just need to make all these tiny little tweaks and, and add these. And that's also where I found where I added all the polish, like was in, once I coded it, encoded the basics and designs, I was finding all these places like where, like how can I make each interaction not only usable but delightful? Mm-hmm. And so um, and so that was kind of that last phase. I, I had the, the app ready, you know, maybe three or four months before I launched it. You know, the, the functionality was there. But I spent that extra time to just polish and polish and polish and add the little details like um, – when uh, when you open the app for the first time, um, it doesn't, doesn't didn't just show the show the screen, but it was like a a, a drawer pulled out, and uh, and on the drawer was a hand that was pointing to the the plus button, which is what what you had to do to to create a, your first class, um, and so like all these little things that just added some personality to the app, um, and really made it, 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 it's that stage where where a good app becomes a great one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's little tiny details. Mm-hmm. So I want to get into the launch of grades and more specifically too, because I want to talk to you about launches because you just launched ours and it absolutely amazing. I, I saw it absolutely everywhere. So I'm excited to talk to you about your experience on your side of that. But before we get into the polished or more polished launch, tell me about what did you do to get grades out there? Yeah. And I, I think grades is probably the best, maybe even a better example than ours for your listeners, because, you know, I hear a lot of, anyway, like I get the impression that people think that I have this magic ability to generate press and, you know, be on TechCrunch and all these sites. And, you know, it's, it's just not true. Um, but my, my very first app, which is basically, I started exactly the same as all your listeners as nobody, you know, nobody knew about me. Um, and um, that's how everybody it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to, as I was building grades, I had to build those relationships. So I, I, I probably spent about 30% of my time on marketing, which for me consisted, you know, this isn't, I'm not talking about the launch of the app. I'm talking about leading up to the launch mm-hmm. because without, le- without the, the leading up to the launch, it's, there's, um, there's not going to be a launch. <laughs> so, um, so for me, um, my marketing activities before the launch consisted of going on Twitter um, and just being active on Twitter, actively, basically, and, and uh, making lists of people who are influential in the community, both journalists, Apple employees, top app developers, because they're all connected. They're all really connected, and you know, top designers, um, and and following them. And making sure that I was engaging with them in my conversations when I had something valuable to add. So, you know, someone had a question about something that I had something valuable to add, I would reply to them. And um, through, through doing that kind of thing, you know, people started following me back and even influencers in the industry. And that's how, you, that's how a lot of my relationships with these guys started. Um, so really, marketing for me has been so much about relationships. Um, how do you build these relationships? You know, who are the people that that um, you'd like to know and how do you connect with them? And, and so Twitter was one way. My blog was another way. I started blogging about everything I was doing. You know, I, like I mentioned, the designs, 
Um, I was blogging about what other developers were doing and having success with. So marketing strategies other developers were using and also kind of synthesized what other developers were doing into principles um, and, and just posting them to my blog and started getting some traction. Probably my first big break was when um, um, Tap Tap Tap's blog posted a, uh, about Tappity. Um, Tap 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 is the company behind Camera Plus and a bunch of other popular apps back then. They were one of the lead lead indie developers back then. Um, and and um, their, their blog was semi-active. Um, but they had a ton of readers. So many indie developers followed them. And so um, out of the blue one day... They posted to, they posted about my blog and they'd never done that before. They never posted about anybody else's stuff, so I was really surprised. But they were basically saying, you know, you should check out this blog. He's talking about you know marketing stuff and you know um, they and and they found my blog because I had linked to them and talking about their marketing strategies and they thought they thought what I had my anal- analysis was somewhat insightful and so um, and so anyway that's how that happened. Um, but, and and th- then I started getting emails from like some of my like you know my kind of uh, uh, all the developers some of the developers I've always like heard about and and like wanted to meet that they started emailing me and you know telling me how wrong my blog posts were and stuff like that. So, <laughs> of course, um, which was great because then I had a conversation with them and like um, that's how that's how I, I established really great relationships with a lot of these guys was them telling me that something on my blog was not according to their experience. And it was really, it was a great conversation and I got started to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think people are afraid to kind of, especially when they're learning a new topic, like post and share about it because they're afraid of being wrong. But really that's the place or that's the time when you're actually able to make the connections and learn from your mistakes. When I, back when I was kind of, tackling Objective-C a little bit. I did a few posts on my old blog being like, here's how um, I coded this in Objective-C. And I none of my other stuff was getting any attention, but somehow people found that and people commented on coding. Like, if you want to learn how to code, there is a community out there that it, it's just passionate about this. And especially right. with reaching out for press or other developers, the thing that I always tell people to keep in mind is the reason why they're writing about these topics or making these apps is because they like it. And if you're doing that, that means they're probably going to like what you're doing too. So you're just sharing cool stuff with other people who think that stuff is cool. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think one of the key um, kind of changes in mindset that, that a lot of people need to have is, is that, you're not trying to get on websites. You're not trying to get on TechCrunch. You're not trying to get on, you know, TUAW. You're not trying to get on uh, 9 to 5 Mac. Um, you're trying to build relationships with actual people mm-hmm. because it's actual people that run these sites and that write for these sites and that edit these sites. Um, and these people have interests, passions, you know, um, and, 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 and all that. And they're, and, um, because of the World Wide Web, they are actually quite accessible. You know, you can find out who these people are. It's not it's not a mystery, and begin to you know develop a relationship with them by adding value to them. Um, so it's not by tweeting someone you know who's who's a writer for one of these blogs or whatever, and, and saying, "Hey, you should really check out my new app. It's so super cool." Um, but it's before your app launches. Maybe they have a question and you have an answer. And so you tweet them or maybe um, maybe maybe you really, really liked one of their articles and you had something to say about it. 
So you comment on their blog or you tweet them and they see that. Um, and so it's, it's all this stuff that's like, what I tell people is like, I, I never thought of myself as a marketing person. And in marketing to me, you know, it's always indicated like sleazy tactics and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But um, marketing can actually be quite genuine. It's just about building relationships. Um, that's the kind of marketing that I feel like is very accessible to developers. Um, and it's something you can totally do. Yeah. Okay. So you're building these relationships and you're getting closer and closer to when you decide to, this is going to be the launch for grades. What, what was it like? What did you plan for actually the day that it was going to be out there and available? Yeah. Um, so, so one thing, the one thing that I did was I prepared a, a website, I believe. Um, and it's a good practice to kind of beforehand prepare a website, gather email addresses. Um, and, um, but for launch day, um, let's see, I guess I, I, I can't remember what I did for, for the grades launch versus like my other launches, but generally what I do is, um, is, is try to have everyone basically a concentrated launch because on the app store, your, um, your ranking is super important because if you can get a high ranking on the app store for your launch, then that can kind of have a snowball effect because people see the rankings and so more people download it. Um, so, so for the launch, a, a goal is to get on the rankings. You get high in the rankings. Um, and you do that by concentration of, of marketing and you know, eyeballs and downloads. Um, because if, if, if I get, a, if I get a, a, a press article, and say from TechCrunch today, um, that's not going to mean anything to my ranking a week from now. And so I want to make sure that my TechCrunch article goes live at the same time as the next web article, at the same time as 9to5Mac, it's 2AW. And, and so basically when you're talking to journalists, you want to talk about a specific date, um, that this is the day that's coming out, this is the day that, you know, we're going live. And that way um, you've got this concentrated last of marketing that all happens at once. And people get like, like you said, you know, on, with ours, you saw it everywhere. You, maybe you see it on one website, you ignore it, but you see it on another website, maybe there's a little interest. And you see a third website, it's like, well, maybe there's something to this thing. Exactly, yeah. That, that's exactly how it was for me. So um, so you definitely want a concentrated blast. Um, and so you want to get in contact with the journalists two or three weeks in advance to make sure that um, all the articles are going to come out on the same day. Do you, do you so, try to set an embargo, or how, how do you kind of manage that? Yeah, um, and, and journalists have different feelings on embargoes. Um, in, with ours, I, I kind of um, – I didn't say the word embargo, but I basically said that we're launching on this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, people want to post the day you launch. Um, and so I didn't like explicitly say there was an embargo, but I, I said this day and this time is when we're yeah. launching. Um, and so you can say an embargo, you can say not, or you can, you know, you could just do something like that. Um, but, um, okay. uh, the, the main thing is they have a specific day. Cool. So I was asking specifically about the grades launch. Cause then I wanted to go into kind of what you've learned and grown throughout your other launches. Cause right. you had a, a fantastic blog post on medium and I'm going to put this in the show notes. So everybody listening, go and read this. It is amazing. Um, <laughs> but you talked about using an email list more than you had before um, right. and having a bigger launch for hours than you expected. What, what was that whole experience like for you this time? 
Yeah. So, so one thing I didn't do with grades, um, I'm glad you, you pointed that out. One thing I didn't do with grades was capture. There was a lot of buzz for it before it came out because of all the kind of the things I was posting to my blog and the tweets and stuff. I was getting lots of followers. And, um, so there was, there was some buzz about it when it came out. Um, and before it came out, but what I didn't do was capture that buzz and put it, you know, as, as emails and email list. And, and that's, that's what you really want to do. That's what I did with ours. Um, and that, that's one thing I, I learned from launching the app design handbook with Nathan Berry is the power of, of email. You know, it's actually, if you talk to most marketers who are actually marketers, they, you know, they'll tell you that email is the most powerful marketing tool. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, you know, if you think about it, you know, a tweet, it's great. Um, you know, someone tweets about your app, that's great. But um, that's only seen, um, you know, that, that might be seen by a percentage of their followers. Tiny percentage. Um, because, yeah, Such very a tiny, tiny yeah. And uh, you tweet about your, 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 your app and it'll only be seen by maybe, you know, I don't know, 10% or whatever your followers. Um, but when you email someone, they have to deal with it. They either have to delete it or they read it and do something with it. Um, so, um, the, just the, the response rates for emails are, and are are so much more powerful than, than other tools. And it also gives you a way to basically bottle up all the energy and and excitement about your app before the app launches and then unleash it the day that the app launches. Um, and which, which is, like I said, with the concentrated marketing, that's that's a that's huge because you get a concentrated number of downloads in a short period of time because over say a period of you know four or five months or three months or whatever it is that you where you posted your teaser page and you've been you know you've been doing all kinds of marketing to get people to that teaser page you've got all these people that have they're excited about the app but um, a lot of them forgot about it and and have, may have no way to know about it um, but you want to make sure to bottle that up and and then on launch day you can you know, send it, send out an email to all those people. If you've done, done an email list. Mm -hmm. So lately my marketing has, my pre-launch marketing has been, I think for a lot of your listeners, a lot of their pre-launch marketing needs to be very focused on building relationships. Um, but now that I have that, um, my, a, a big part of my, my efforts are to build the email list. Um, so, and, and both are important. Mm -hmm. And I think, one of the things that holds people back from starting to to collect emails is just the fear of like bothering people but it, that really isn't the case like if if i stumble upon the hours uh, website before it launched the teaser page and i was like really interested in that app you'd be doing me a favor to let me know when that launches you know like it's it's so People are so hesitant to like launch their own like a newsletter or a sign up form, but really, that's what your readers, that's what your listeners, that's what your potential audience wants. Because I, I want to yeah. know when something cool is finally available. For sure, yeah, the, the, that's um, and, and I find myself with 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 with, my, with me like every time I send a newsletter, you know, in Mailchimp, which is the, what I use, uh-huh. they've they've got this uh, bef- before you press the final button to send, it's like this the 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 hand of a monkey and it's like sweating like above this the send button and it, that's really the way you feel like right oh, before yeah. you send a a, a a mailing blast to like you know four or five thousand people or you know uh, even a hundred people you know you, you worry because you know it's you know they're going to see it and like is it going to bother them and I, I mean i still have that anxiety 
But I mean, you have to realize they were the ones who signed up for it. And as long as the, the, the marketing wasn't misleading, you know, as, as to why they're signing up, um, then they really want that email. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things you said in your post on Medium was that a lot of the way that you, you, that you got traffic to your teaser page and these signups were through blog posts and people sharing and these blog posts becoming popular. Did you do for hours and what kind of your process now the same as with grades where you kind of just went through your process and talked out the things that you were learning and doing or did you take a different approach this time? Yeah, so for grades, um, grades, it was much more raw, I guess, like kind of just raw designs. And, you know, like here's my, iter- my latest iteration of the grades design. Um, and that was good. And I think that's, you know, I think people are interested in that kind of thing. But what I did more with hours and as I'm learning how to blog and how to, you know, um, write things that people are interested in um, – there's a few things that are kind of commonalities for the articles that I wrote that went, that got really popular. Um, one is that they were covering relevant topics of the day. So like, uh, okay. For example, iOS seven came out, um, and iOS seven, you know, we had to completely redesign the app for iOS seven. You know, this is obviously before the app came out. Um, but we kind of, so we, we not only released our designs or like kind of showed what we were working on for the iOS 7 design, but then we talked about we, – we, we had an article that talked about how iOS, iOS 7 is changing design and like what we need to do and how do we react as designers and developers to iOS 7. And then that kind of went, went viral and uh, because it was something that a lot of other designers and developers were thinking about and were interested in because iOS 7 had just come out. So, so you know – um, uh, another example was, would be with Facebook pop. Um, that's something It's a technology I use. It's a, a framework, um, that, that Facebook made, made open source that allows you to make some really interesting animations. And so I decided, um, to help people. And also as a marketing tool for hours, I created a tutorial about how to use Facebook pop. Like, I think it was the day it came out because I had a beta of, of, of the, of the framework. And so, like, that, that went crazy viral, and tons of people watched it. And the example I used was, was an example from ours. And so there's, you know, tons of mailing list signups from that. Um, so, so, I, I, so relevancy is super important. Mm-hmm. And sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Um, I'm trying to think what other commonalities there were. Um, let's see. See, I was just going to say that this blends in perfectly to kind of – you're steering the topic in the direction that I was hoping it would go because I wanted to talk to you a little bit about teaching Um, because you did work with Nathan Berry on the second edition of the App Design Handbook, which is – Awesome and fantastic, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, and I also saw on Tappity that you're coming out with your own app development course with yes. 10 other app developers. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to teach or to teach to talk to you about how you view teaching as it relates to your other projects and your apps. Yeah, and I think that was that was one of the commonalities I was I was looking for. Yeah, was is teaching. And um, if you think about it, and, and Nathan makes this Nathan Barry makes this point very clear in his book Authority. Um, you know, think about all the, you know, influential or, uh, developers that you, or, 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 you know, kind of people in the tech industry that you know about, um, you know, how many of them 
did you find out about through a blog post or you know a uh, or an interview or or a some form of teaching? Um, all of and them. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the answer is almost all of them. Yeah. You know, there's some some people who just got super famous because they're the founder of you know whatever crazy start one billion dollar startup, but. Yeah. Um, most of the people that you know in the tech industry, it's because they are teaching. Um, and, and so you don't think about this a lot, but, but um, that, is, that is the key. I mean, that's how you become influential. It's, it's by teaching others. And it's crazy. Like, you, you, you need to overcome the idea that, you know, well, I'm just getting started. I really don't know what I'm talking about. So who would, who would listen to me? I mean, I started my blog, Tappity, right when I began iOS development and design. Like, I'd never done it before. And the blog was called Tappity, How to Build Successful iPhone Apps. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, it was kind of audacious because um, I'd never built an app before. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> but but um, I, like, I, I was just determined like, to figure it out. Like, what, what are like, the commonalities, the people who are building successful apps? And, and so um, I kind of got this following behind that idea. Is like, you know, let's figure this out together. And, um, the, especially I could say the, you know, the iOS community is so tight knit. And if you are out there, you're putting your thoughts out there, you you know, taking time to think about it it, and which by the way, writing forces you to think about it because you realize that your, your, your thoughts are not just in your head, but they're going to be read and analyzed, um, which is great thing. Um, uh, but so you're, you're putting your thoughts out there and, and people, people will, I mean, if you if you do it consistently, you're really thinking about the stuff. You're you're talking about timely issues, and um, you know people people love that stuff. People love to follow what people what other others are doing, what others are learning, and um, just you you need to overcome that idea that you that is not um, that nobody else will give value. Chances are somebody is more of a beginner than you are. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, it's it's a, it's a great it's a great practice, and it's it's huge for marketing. Yeah, and one of the amazing things that I've found about teaching, and actually, I, just as I was thinking it just now, I was thinking about your what you said was the connection between design and development, is that it helps you fill in the gaps. Just like when you're doing the design, you have the design, and then you get into the code, and you realize, like, okay, this needs to be moved over a little bit, and you all of these things you didn't think of before. If you come up with a topic, and you learn it, and then you turn around, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to teach this now. You might think you know the topic, but there's all these holes that now that you're teaching, you fill in, and you just know it so much better yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I just recall one one post that I wrote when I was working on grades. It was this post, you know, I'm not really a programmer type. So this is one of my few posts about programming. And I, 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 w- I basically post a post about um, about how do you how do you how do you use a certain kind of um, persistent data storage? Like how do you keep your data in the app? And like what are the different methods you can use for that back then, which is completely irrelevant now. But um, that was one of my most and and like I honestly at the time when I post publish, I was like, no one. I mean, like I'm sure someone's going to come to me and say like this is stupid posts. Like you don't know anything. Um, because like, I, I barely knew what I was talking about. I really didn't know what I was talking about. I kind of just listed kind of these different methods that I was learning, you know, how you could do this and what I kind of preferred. And, uh, that became one of the most popular posts on Tappity. Um, and anyway, so it's, you just would be amazed at when you post something, you barely even know what you're talking about, but, um, 
you'll get good feedback and, and, and people, people will get benefit from it. Oh yeah, definitely. Awesome. So to kind of round this all up together, we talked about a, a bunch of different tactics for kind of working towards a successful app and a successful launch. And I kind of wanted to go back to the very beginning to, to wind this all up and kind of ask you if there's anybody listening that has an idea for an app, but nothing beyond that, what would you tell them to do first? It's a great question. Might need a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Probably the the non technical aspects are a little bit easier to dig into, um, so I would probably start with that. Um, so things like learning design, um, learning how to design apps, um, and you know, of course, and, and maybe you find maybe you find a partner who has some of the other skills that you need. For me, I just learned everything just because I was poor and didn't know anybody. So, uh, <laughs> so, but, but, you know, it, it's, it's great to be able to learn everything, but, but it is, it is, you know, a lot of knowledge that you, that, that you have to put together to build an app. So, I mean, the basic, the basic categories are design, development, and marketing. And so I would probably start with design. Um, there's resources out there. Of course, there's the app design handbook that I wrote, um, with Nathan Berry. And, um, actually, um, Actually, this is uh, a pro- probably a good lead-in to talk about my course because um, it's based my, my my course that I'm coming out with. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, uh, it is is designed kind of with that with that in view. It's it's for someone who's it, it'll be very helpful for others, but 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 someone who's just starting out will get a lot of benefit from it because it covers all the non-technical aspects of making an app. Starting with the idea, how do you validate your idea? How do you know it's a good idea? How is it going to make a good business? And then going into the design, you know, the different stages of design, you know, strategic design, you know, thinking, you know, defining what the app does, interaction design, you know, designing how the app kind of works, um, and then um, visual design, you know, how do you make it pretty? You know, what are the basics, the fundamentals that you need to know? The, you know, I talk about basic graphic design principles like proximity and uh, and contrast and things like that. Um, basically I pulled together all the basics into this one course. And so that, 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 that might be a good start not to plug my course too much, but, um, uh, it was kind of designed with that in view. Um, but I mean, there's tons of great resources online as well. And I think if I heard you correctly, alongside all of this, start a website and blog about everything you're learning, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Awesome. And yeah, Go no, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that, and that's, that's, that's covered my course as well, that, you know, you need to be doing that as, I think it's, it's even a, an action in my course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it, it's super, super important. All right, so, Jeremy, I, th- I think that, that about covers it. We, we've run out of time, and this has been super, super valuable. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Dan, for having me. It was a pleasure. So if anybody wants to find you or contact you, how can they do that? So my, my probably most common mode of communication is Twitter, and that's at Jerols, J-E-R-O-L-S. And my website is tappity.com, um, and you can find my email on there as well, um, which I don't post publicly. But it's, it's on, it's, it, there's a way to get to it on the website if you go to the contact page. Um, so, yeah, get in touch. Love to hear from you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. 
Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this, check out the website, novicenolonger.com. I've got all the show notes, all the links that we talk about, everything that we talk about, I've got all on there. And you can go to novicenolonger.com slash 30. And it's 30 because this is episode number 30, and that's going to bring you directly here. And I want to say, feel free to share this via social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, tell a friend, because if your friend is working on an app as well, they're totally going to appreciate what Jeremy has gone through and in terms of launching his most recent app, as well as how he got started in apps. And that, that's a really inspiring story, and they're going to like it. And I'm trying to get as many listeners as I can. I'm trying to get this to be big. So sharing it out, I really, really appreciate it. And if you've enjoyed it, leaving a review on iTunes, I might read it on the show. I really appreciate that too. So I appreciate you, most of all, you, the listener that tunes in every single week to hear me talking to all of these app developers. I have a blast with it, and I'm so glad that I have you here with me. And I'm going to end this episode with a challenge to you, and that is I want you to do one action item towards your app before next week's episode. Now, that can be a a tiny action item. Maybe you're going to find a journalist who might someday write about you and then follow them on Twitter. Maybe you're going to send one email to one potential developer to make your app. Whatever your action item is, do that one action item before next week's episode. That's my challenge to you. And until next week, have a good one. Peace.